Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. We've got a great lineup for you on Transformation Talk Radio today, the Dr. Pat Show. I am going to kick it off in a minute with a very special guest, um, author Ann Ann J. Clark is joining me here today, Dr. Ann J. Clark, the author of Healing from Great Loss. I'm going to hold that up, but I know Jacob has got a lot of things going on to show all of you. Um, Very important message, you know, so much for our times, but so much in here to help us understand that the process that we experience, whether it's loss or associated loss, as Ann calls it in the book, these are the defining moments in our lives. These are the things that affect us. And then there is also the physical aftermath. There's so much in this book that's so important to talk with you about. And then after this show, you got to listen to Christine Clark. You just have to listen to the show she's doing. Her episode title is called Contact. So Forging a Life Comes After This. Just incredible. For those of you out there, I want to welcome you. And you've heard me talk a lot about loss, right? We even did a show, Mark and I did a show last week, um, an interview with the youngest member of parliament from the Ukraine. And so in those conversations, we talk about loss. We talk about, you know, what is, what are some of the losses that we experience in life, but what about the great losses, You know, what was it in my dialogue with him where he reflected upon the fact, you know, that what they're going through today (coughs) is an aftermath of what they went through in 2014, which most of us kind of forgot. But when we think about this and we think about what Anne has done and the work that she has done as an academic researcher, as somebody that you know, was, is directed the Center for Nursing Research. I love that she, this is what she and I have in common. You know, we love this researching part, but researching without presenting the results is a little bit incomplete. And so today she's the author of numerous publications, previous books, co-authored, you know, the little book of Life Between Lives, Wisdom Soul, Winter 2020 Coalition. I mean, there's so much, but today's show Today's show is about great loss and how to heal from it. Um, And thank you, Dr. Clark. Thank you for joining me here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I loved the research part of my academic journey. I truly, I loved doing the studies and like you, a lot of my my a lot of my classmates studied really cool positive things. They really did. I studied loss and the consequences of psychological contract violation. And so when I was done, unlike you, I did not have the stamina to stay 
and continue because what I found was explaining life at the levels that people were experiencing it, but I did not have the resilience at the time to continue. This subject has to be a passion and a purpose for you. It has to be, or you wouldn't have been able to write this book. Tell me about that. What stimulated my writing of this book was the loss of my daughter. I had lost my mother previously, and then my younger brother. I'd also experienced a divorce earlier in life, but nothing hit me like the loss of my daughter did. So the first thing I want to say is not all losses are alike. Every loss hurts, and we must heal from every loss. But some losses are what I term great losses. And what I mean by that is when we experience a great loss, we lose a loved one, a marriage, a relationship, a job, our health, uh, any type of loss. But it takes along with it a piece of our core identity, or it occurs at a time when we're living life just on the surface and don't really have anything to hold on to in the storm of loss. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating that we're talking about this because there is a distinction and I can only imagine what it's like to lose a child. I haven't had that experience myself. And there probably aren't any words that can explain it. Um, And it really does strike us at a deep, 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 almost, almost in a way that you can't describe it emotionally, right? Yes. Yes, it really does. Uh, When we experience a great loss, we're completely thrown uh, into chaos because Uh, Either we have been turning our focus towards someone or something else outside of ourselves, or we've been living such a busy, distracted life that we never take time to examine what's going on inside of us, or perhaps we found a nice, comfortable niche in life so that we only live on the surface and we never really struggle for any growth. Yeah. So when a a loss like this hits us, it hits very hard because that was our anchor. That was our rock. And now suddenly it's gone. You know, let's talk about if we could for a minute, you know, um, and for those of you just tuning in, I want to make sure, you know, I'm honored to have Dr. Ann Clark joining me here today. You know, her book is healing from great loss. Very, very important distinction feeling pain and grief to recover your authentic self. Because, you know, look, Dr. Ann, look, I think about those close, great losses, you know, in my life, right? And it's as if a part of me is gone, right? Yes. You know, I don't know how else to explain it. And that part of me, somehow, we have to get back. Because I I think the way you talk about it in the book is, you know, you talk about what the great loss is, but then you talk about these defining moments. And and let's just talk about those for a minute. Yes, a defining moment is 
a point at which we make a decision, it's a fork in the road and it takes us in one direction or another. Now, there are some big defining moments, for example, when we decide who to marry or we decide what career to choose. Those are very big defining moments. But the ones that occur after we've experienced a loss are smaller defining moments. It's when opportunities for growth come up or perhaps a choice we make would leave us where we are without uh, doing anything to really help ourselves heal. Mm -hmm. So we can't really prepare for a defining moment. Those defining moments come, we can prepare for them, excuse me for saying it that way. We can prepare for them, but we can't know when they're going to come. A defining moment comes without notice, whether we're, we're ready for it or not. And the choices we make will have consequences. They will lead us in one direction or another, but we can prepare for them. And the way we do that is after we've experienced a loss, as soon as we're able to do so, after we've done our initial healing, is we need to start thinking about what we want our life to be like after the loss. What do we want our future to look like? And we need to hold that vision in our mind. Mm -hmm. Then when a defining moment comes along, we will make a choice that moves us in that direction. Mm -hmm. And even little choices move us in one direction or another. So it's important to think about what we want our future to be like. Well, I'll tell you, this is so pivotal. And let me just say something. I went back home <clears throat> over the holiday. I've had a lot of loss in my life really people suddenly my mom my stepmom my sister um i mean they were sudden my mentor shockingly sudden unexpected and then over the holidays we lost a brother-in-law and you know i wanted to get back to something you said because i think this is where the point of confusion is for a lot of people and then i'm going to talk about dr newton's work the, the thing you said is once i'm going to paraphrase because i probably didn't get this right once we get past our initial right? Grieving. See that right there. Can you talk more about what that looks like? Because a lot of folks don't know that that is part of the process. Um, there are some people like, um, like, you know, like Jones, Joan, when, when Buren passed away, it was take everything out of the closets. We need to take everything out of the house, clothes, shoes, give them away. That was like, boom, like the next day. That was her process that now I'm not saying she that was the end of her grieving. But can you talk to this initial grieving part? Yes. <clears throat> and thank you for bringing that up. First of all, let me say that this book is not for right after you've experienced your loss. This book is for later on. We all go through a fairly similar grieving process. It's it's not one that passes smoothly, but we go through various phases. For example, uh, we go through denial of the loss. We go through anger. We may go through bargaining. Uh, we may or may not go through these stages, but we need to go through that initial healing first. And I found that after I had done that, time alone does not heal a loss. What we need is additional healing. And so my book picks up where other books on grieving have left off. We need to engage in an active 
program of healing in order to come alive again and feel true joy and excitement about our lives again following a loss. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to be really clear about what the gap that your work really fills. And it is a gap. It is a gap. It's always been a gap for me. You know, in my studies, it's been a gap in looking at loss and looking at loss from many different perspectives. Now, I look at, you know, my research is on loss that doesn't necessarily include great loss, but it could. But across the board, though, there is that initial period. And then there's the now what? And it's the now what, where people are at a, a crossroads, if I may call it. I don't think you used the phrase in your book, but I did underline something in here. And it is that moment where a light bulb of some kind goes on. And you just don't have enough to get you past the initial loss into now moving on. With, I don't have another word, but to really move it on with your life, I think you call it, you know, recover your authentic self. And that has been left out of a lot of research. It's been left out of a lot of the conversation. And what you do is you're helping people with this to say, there is a life you can create that possibly has joy and happiness in it, right? But isn't that, do I have the, the, the right absolutely, idea? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely you do. I think we come to a point uh, when we've gone through initial stages of grieving and we just feel kind of dead inside. Yeah. It may look from the outside to all our friends and family like we were, we've recovered because we're back to our usual activities, perhaps. But inside, we just feel dead. There's no joy in life anymore. And what we need at this point is we need healing. Yeah. And we must do that actively to get back to a joy-filled uh, exciting life again. It definitely is possible. We just need to work at it. Um, first of all, let me congratulate you on taking this conversation on. And I know that this is a body of work for you. And of course, you know, you can always tell when you read a book, the way I've read your book, that it comes from a deep healing place that you have experienced and figured out how to help the rest of the world. Um, I want to talk with you a minute, if we could continue to do this, um, about some of the emotional, uh, can we call them defining moments? Yes, emotional defining moments. Let me give you an example, kind of silly, but let me give it to you. I happen to do something physical when I have a big loss. Don't know why, don't ask me why, just a thing. Some people get angry, some people get bitter. I'm not, it's in, not in my gene to have resentment. But I will tell you what I do, and this has been since as young as I can remember. I literally shave my head back. Why? I, I, I literally do it. I mean, when I lost my job, uh, and, you know, it was this moment when I was younger and I was homeless. What I do? Get the head shaved. I don't have a rhyme or reason. People ask me, they ask me, when am I going to shave my head again? Well... <laughs> Those were moments in my life, and I was young, and I didn't have any tools. The go-to in my family when you had hard times was alcohol and drugs. That's what the, the whole family, that, that was the deal, right? That's what killed my birth mom, drugs and alcohol. My sisters, that was our go-to. 
but I had this other thing I did to express myself. Do you find that we that go through loss like this, that we're longing for a way to express it that may not be as conventional as throwing a vase up against a wall, right? <clears throat> yes, I think that's definitely true. There are feelings inside of us that are just crying out to be expressed. And we may do that in various ways. I also want to say that that time is a very vulnerable time. Uh, after a while, when we've been going through grieving for a period of time, we become restless and we just don't want to stay in that really sad, depressing state for much longer. This is kind of a dangerous time. Uh, that is why we really need to start thinking about what we want our life to be like in the future, because if we've not done that, we run the danger of becoming perhaps bitter over it, or we run the, the risk of going back into focusing on something else outside of ourselves, someone else or something else. If we've lost a relationship, we may recklessly jump into another relationship without truly healing. That just sets us up for another loss. Or we may, um, we may get involved, over-involved in something, another quest or another activity that takes us away, that numbs our feelings. We may spend too much time on the computer. We may play games on our phone. Oh, <laughs> stop it. Did you just catch me before, like, playing my solitaire game? <laughs> <laughs> All of those are ways to avoid feeling our feelings. Mm -hmm. And the way through this is to allow those feelings mm -hmm. to come out and deal with them. I have to tell you, uh, Dr. Ann, I'm calling you Dr. Ann. Is that okay, Dr. Clark? That's perfectly I'm fine. Sorry. <laughs> um, your, your chapter six, I mean, pretty much I've talked about a little bit about setting the stage for about what we're to talk about when we come back from break. This, the body of work you present now, and this is just a book. I know this is more than a book for you. You work with people. You help people. So we're, this is just a book to express what you're doing and how you're doing it and what you discovered. After reading this, I was reminded of something. And can I just read this sentence from your book? Yes. Do you mind? Okay. Yes, please this do. This was pivotal because I didn't expect it to show up here in this chapter, coping with the physical aftermath of great loss. You could open that chapter a million ways, right? But you say, as a soul, we value loss because of the opportunity it affords us for spiritual advancement. That yes. is a gap that we don't know how to fill. And because you articulated it, you give us this because part of what loss has been for so many people, and correct me if I'm wrong, is when we go through a major loss or a great loss and losing a child is one. The loss of my job was another one. The loss of a dear relationship was another one. Um, you know, they're hard to explain, right? But the disconnection that I've experienced in my life when those things happen in my past, I would run away 
from spirit, God, whatever people want to call this, I would look to that spiritual foundation I had, and it failed me. It broke its promises to me. So I thought, but you're coming out of the gate, and this is such a rich part of your book, but you're coming out of the gate, and you're reminding us that there is a solution that 99.9% .9 of the people probably don't think about. I got to ask you, you could have started that chapter with any sentence, but you didn't. Tell me about what you discovered about this part, about the soul and spiritual advancement, if you could. Well, first of all, I want to say that one of the questions we always ask after we've experienced a great loss is why? Why did this happen to me? Yep. And the answer that I provide in the book is that we are souls who come to earth to grow, learn, and enjoy here on earth. We come here with a purpose and we plan our lives ahead of time. Most likely, the loss that we've experienced was pre-planned by us, or at least the possibility of it was pre-planned. And the reason for pre-planning that loss is that we learn and grow as souls immeasurably from the experience of loss. We become more passionate, compassionate. We become more sensitive. We become more understanding. We grow in soul character. And our job is to pull that into our human character as well, so that we become better people. And can I ask you this? Because we're going to take a short break in here a minute. Are there, in your opinion, are there instances of great loss that may not relate to the loss or the death of a person in your definition here in the book? Absolutely. Absolutely. It could be the loss of a job. It could be financial ruin. It yep. could be a health crisis. Yep. Any loss that is major to you and causes you great concern, I would label as a great loss. Well, I want to talk to you about this when we get back. But before we do, uh, and I want to weave in Dr. Newton's work, but because um, I think you just hit the trifecta of what people experience. And boy, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the loss that people have experienced over the past 30 months or so. Yes. I mean, we are not talking about that enough. Um, you know, Dr. Ann, when we went through the economic turn in 07, 08, 09, and we had the most popular forum on all of the networks for what we were doing and what we were talking about. And then the economy changed and no one talked about the generations of people that were born during that period of time. We didn't talk about how to heal the people that felt that our promises were broken to them and they still walk the earth now. And so when we come back, I want to talk with you about the multidimensional aspect of what you have in your book and how, how we can take these steps forward to really heal. How do we reclaim ourselves? How do we get ourselves back? Because it's true. When I go through things, I don't know what it is. I, I'm telling you, when 
every relationship I've had, I've colored my hair a different color. Every job loss I've ever had, I've shaved my head. Every financial loss, I've shaved my head. It's really an interesting, and I think it's an old soul thing. Probably I'll have to go to my therapist and get to get some past life regression done. But it was a relief for me to do it. And people ask me, why do you do it? And I don't have words, but you have the words in your book. How do we get a copy of your book, Dr. Ann? How do we find out about you? The Great Law, Healing from Great Loss is available online or in any bookstore, uh, wherever you get your books. There's also, uh, there's an ebook, there's a paperback, and there's also an audio book. Oh, look at this question that just came from our listeners. Okay, we have the best audience on the planet. Dr. Pat, are you going to get like the chick in the movie Billions? Yes, Asia, Asia Kate. Yes. And by the way, when I do shave my head, I got ears just like her. Let's take a short break, everybody. When we come back, we're going to talk with Dr. Ann and understand why this part has been missing from the conversation in psychology. From my perspective, what is it we discovered about it? And why is it that even 10 to 15 years after an event, at least in my research, people were still grieving and crying? over broken promises, losses, job loss, 15 years later, 15 years in all of those interviews, crying. Dr. Ann's got the answer and the solution. Stay tuned, Benny, Jacob, we'll be right back. Do you get stuck in that someday attitude, living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You Show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.LeahRowling.com. Have you been on life's roller coaster trying to figure out what to do next? Then join Greta, Lee, Yvonne in the Realm of Beings each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Shake the dust off your wings and fly to the highest heights in your thoughts and actions. Express your greatness. Be a champion for yourself. And we'll see you there on Shifting Impressions Conversations with the Realm of Beings. Hey everybody, it's me, psychic medium Jamie. And me, Spirit Walker Nicole. We are so excited to introduce you to our new live call-in show called Shades of Spirit on TransformationTalkRadio.com. As we connect you with your crossed over loved ones, angels, and guides, and also help you develop your own psychic and healing abilities. For more information and to book your own private experience, go to ShadesOfSpirit.com and also follow us on TransformationTalkRadio.com. The truth is funny. Shift happens with monthly guest host Karen Button. Tune in for powerful conversations about health and wellness. Karen brings unique insights rich with humor and science to her discussions with experts in medicine, movement, psychology, spirituality, and so much more. Don't miss Karen on The Truth is Funny every third Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBetton.com. 
Have you known that you're on a soul path, but often wondered why you don't have the insight of how to go from here to there, or whether or not what you're doing is going to take you to where you want to go in your soul's journey? Damayante is the show for your soul. Damayante speaks to your soul, connects with your soul, and shines a light for your soul. Damayante, the show for your soul with Sarah Main, brings you insights and a pathway to your soul's journey on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hi, I'm Coach Martez. And I'm licensed therapist with Drina Layton. We want to invite you to join us on the Coach Martez and with Drina Layton show, where we discuss understanding love, accepting truth, and changing your perspectives. Relationships are the currency to life, and so many couples find themselves broke in their relationships. We want you to join us for a lively discussion and practical tips and insights on how to turn things around and gain the merit for life mindset. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Um, You know, I believe in the strength of my spiritual practice now. And like everybody else, I wake up with doubts some days, especially when you're in the seat that I'm in right now and you've been creating something that's so close and you get more challenges than you've imagined that you've ever had before and you know one of my mentors used to say to me the greater the challenge the greater the reward and i hold on to that but also there is an element of loss or fear of loss or what to do with loss and you know what 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 dr ann clark has done in this book healing from great loss this is so critical it is the missing piece that i discovered in my research and of course i left academic world so i didn't continue it but Anne did. And so what we're going to talk about now is we're going to talk about how this process is different than what you've heard and how it becomes so critical to get yourself back. And before we keep going, how do people get thanks to I want to thanks to our friends. I think this came from Kat. Yeah, I want to thanks to our friends at Llewellyn. Thank you, Kat. Thank you for sending Anne our way. And Anne, how do we find out about you, your work, all of the above, all the other books you've written? Yes. Well, my book is available at any any place that sells books. It's it's just all over the place. To reach me, my website is www.birminghamhypnosis.com. That's Birmingham, Alabama. Yep. Birminghamhypnosis.com. And um, I do offer past life regressions and life between lives sessions you in know, my I practice. I hope you come back so we can talk about the power of those. I hope you will come back. Yes, this, I would love show, to. We can only get what, what's on the book. And I, I hope our friends at Llewellyn work with you to create a deck, a deck of cards around what you have in here. Because That's I an interesting that, idea. You came from me to you to Llewellyn, Kat, because you're presenting something that is missing in the conversation and we need tools. And can you imagine creating a card deck that people can pull from every day to get some of the messages? Imagine pulling a card that says, this is an opportunity for spiritual advancement. But let me, let me keep going. The rest of the book, the beginning of the book set the stage for how this is different. The rest of the book is for how we get our lives back. And I want to ask you to talk a little bit about coping. See, that not that a term we use all the time in psychology and hypnotic, like coping? And like nobody really knows what it means. But there is a physical aftermath 
I experienced it. My body stopped working. It just stopped. And then it catapulted from there. This is a great chapter. Why was this important to really address the physical? Because very few books do. They want us to go to a different, more, but this is like, okay, physical. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a nurse. And so, of course, that was very important to me. Yeah. But when we experience a great loss, every part of us is affected. Our physical body, our psychological self, and our spiritual self, we're all affected. Physically, in the first up to six years following a great loss, you are more likely to experience an accident or an illness. And I have been tracking among my patients what happens after great losses. And I see about an 80% incidence of serious illnesses occurring after a great loss has been experienced. Therefore, I stress strongly in my book that you pay attention to your health during this period Don't let symptoms go by and really watch what you're doing. So we need to go through some physical healing. We need to eat right. We need to get plenty of sleep and rest. We need to get back to exercising. And we need to give ourselves plenty of rest, plenty of time. But all of those things are probably going to be affected after we experience a great loss. And it may take us some time to get back to normal in all those areas and to really feel comfortable in our own skins. So we need to watch that very carefully. There are also some other things to watch for. If we have uh, any kind of uh, anxiety or symptom, we may experience something I describe in the book as broken heart syndrome. What that is, is uh, it's actually created with from a weakness in the heart muscle that's temporary, uh, that can be associated with grieving. It's not really serious. It usually goes away on its own, but it can look and feel like a heart attack. And it should not be ignored because it might be, but chances are it's broken heart syndrome. So we need to really pay attention to our physical needs during this time. Secondly, our psychological systems are very affected with loss. There's a incident, strong incidence of free-floating anxiety after we experience a loss. And also, it changes all of our relationships. The reason it does is we're not the same people that we were before we experienced the great loss. And for some of the people in our lives, they'll adapt to that fairly easily. Others may have kind of a hard time with it, and it may take some time to readjust. You may just find that certain people are no longer um, in your life, and you may see new people coming in because of the changes that you've made. Mm -hmm. Psychologically, we have a lot of adjustment to do. And one of the big things is when we experience a great loss, it brings up every loss that we've experienced in the past that we have not fully healed. So in essence, we're being given an opportunity to truly heal 
from loss. And we should take the time and make the effort to do that healing. Um, I love to, uh, and thank you for that. I love that you share stories in the book. You know, I because it's one thing to talk about something and there's another thing to read about it. I was reading about the potential for accidents and I was struck by a couple of things. I was struck by um, the number of car accidents that I'd gotten into after a loss. And then with Linda, the accident she had. Um, and even though they were hard to explain and maybe maybe something happened that you can't explain, they still happen. But the one part of the book that is a real problem for people now, like whatever people experience through COVID-19 and the losses around that, everything from people in ways that you never thought you would lose a loved one behind a glass door, never thought that, to jobs, to home situations. But here's the thing, sleeping problems. How oh, my goodness, who is not having them? Yes, sleep can be disrupted for years after a loss. Mm. And uh, it's something that we need to really address because lack of sleep carries with it the possibility of, of creating new health problems. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we need to do is really address healing, which will cut down on some of the anxiety we're experiencing and it will help us in terms of mm -hmm. going back to better sleep habits. Um, one of the things that you address here also in this chapter, and I just, I need to mention it because it goes undiagnosed and people think they blow it off. They just say, well, I've been through a lot and boy, I'll tell you, I think it's at epidemic proportions and it is fatigue. Yes. You don't ignore it. I mean, you take it head on and you really talk about like, look, your doctor may say to you, you know what, you're just getting a little bit older or you, you I'm sorry, I don't know that fatigue should be part of the living equation, right? I absolutely agree. It takes a tremendous amount of energy to deal and cope with grief and most people who experience a great loss experience fatigue for as long as two to three years following the loss. Mm -hmm. Now, we're almost like we're in this catch-22 chicken and the egg situation, psychological effects, physical effects, physical effects, emotional effects. You know, the point is that they all intertwined. And I want to talk a, a little bit now about what you talk about in your book about coping with the psychological aftermath, because clearly these are things that if people are aware of them, even if you don't show physical symptoms, there are other things. You talk about what we can do with anxiety. You talk about relaxation techniques and approaches. But yes. boy, we don't want to face our psychological aftermath. I will tell you that. That is like the, you know, like, like we'll look in the mirror and say, oh, I gained about 10 pounds. But boy, to look in the mirror and say, I'm feeling anxious, that is a giant roadblock for people. Yes. Yes. I, that is definitely true. We experience a great deal of anxiety, fatigue. We're just not ourselves. And yes, relaxation. <clears throat> is very important during this period. 
And one of the big things that we need to do that we probably don't want to do, but it's it's good for us, is we need to take some quiet alone time. We need to take quite a bit of it, actually, because we need time to sort through all the many thoughts that are flowing through our minds and to cope with the feelings that are coming up for us. I In my book, I, I suggest a number of techniques, but one of the things that I think is very helpful is to take quiet time, relax, write down your feelings. And I think that that can help to allay some of, of the anxiety that you're feeling and help you reconnect with your inner guidance and find a pathway for the future. You know, one of the things I jumped to, you know, even in that conversation and what you suggest in the book is I really jumped to something that I really, I wanted to hear your perspective on it because you wrote about it so well and you wrote about it in a multidimensional way. And that is reformulating our identity. It is, it is, most people don't know that that is even an option for them. And boy, it is a missing link in so much. You know, Linda would, would, would talk about, she would take a look at me on days and she would, the only word she could come up with was floundering. And I'm not a flounderer, but my identity took a hit, right? Yes. When you lose a job after 25 years, if you don't think your identity is going to take a hit, oh boy, right? Yes. You go, can you talk about this part? Because you go on to talk about it, everything from readjusting relationships, but then you bring in confidence. And I was so surprised you included it. Can you talk to this and how important this is now? Yes, I think what happens to us when we experience a great loss is we not only become anxious, fatigued, not feeling comfortable in our own skin, our relationships change. It seems that everything falls apart after we've experienced a great loss. So we lose confidence. It seems as if the world that we thought we understood does not work exactly the way we thought it did. And we lose confidence in our judgment. We lose confidence in our ability to make ourselves happy. We feel lost in terms of what it is we want to work for now because our goals that we may have had before have to be readjusted after a great loss. Uh, We don't know who we are anymore. So the big thing that we need to do is reconnect with our real inner selves. We need to take quiet time to do that. I suggest a number of things in my book. I mentioned the journaling. I think we also need to spend time in nature We need to spend time remembering those things that we used to love, doing some of the things that were once important to us that we just let go along the way. Uh, We need to give ourselves what I call in the book, extreme self-care. We need to have the foods we like to eat. We need to take long, luxurious baths. We need to curl up and read a book if that's something we like to do. We need to give ourselves the experiences that really make us feel comfortable and happy. Yeah, there are two things I want to really, you know, talk about that you mentioned. One is you refer to it as maximum self-care, but then 
before we bring this full circle to talk about healing wounds, you also say we have to reconnect with our higher selves, with the higher self and a higher self energy. Yes. And it sounds great. And it's really hard for people to do. Because after a loss, we do go back to the why me and why did you do that to me? Right? You promised and we're, we're talking to a higher self. But one of the things you say is we have to get back to that connection. Yes. And some of us may never have had it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. You're absolutely right. You know, yes, I, I think that's definitely it. true. Mm -hmm. uh, from Dr. Newton's work, we know that we're souls who come here to uh, experience life by joining with the human body. So we become integrated, but we forget that we're a soul and we think that our existence here on earth is really all there is. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we bring a lot of our soul energy with us and it's that inner voice inside that's constantly speaking to us, but we get so busy and so distracted and so into what's going on on the outside that we fail to listen to what's going on on the inside. So quiet time is absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. Taking time to be quiet and listen to what's being said on the inside. I recommend things like listening to music, meditating, spending just quiet time by yourself, doing things that you love quietly. Those are all times when you're, inner voice can break through yeah i do a show um unusual for me to uh do a show with another host but got the idea a couple uh, about two years ago to do a show with mark mark anthony and it's called the psychic and the doc and mark oh, yes mark is the after like guru and so we do that show so i was thrilled when i got towards the end of the book for your conversation in the book about establishing afterlife communication, because so often you hear people say, I don't know, I was just laying in bed and my dad just showed up. And rather than know what to do with that, they think they're losing their mind, but they may not. Talk about the importance of, and you know, this was purpose, you purposely included this in the latter part of the book. Tell me about you're thinking yes. on that and the insignificance. Well, of it the too. first thing I need to say is if we lost a loved one, they didn't die. They're still very much alive. Uh, they retain their personality in the afterlife and they are wanting to connect with you and still be part of your life. First of all, they might show you signs that they're around. You might have felt them around. Some people actually see visions of them that's more rare. But uh, you may have things happen, such as finding feathers or coins, or uh, you might uh, feel their energy. But it's also possible to go further than that. You can actually regain communication with them. <clears throat> Probably one of the first things that happens is you might have a dream visitation. You may have a, a dream where they come through and it's so real when you wake up, you almost thought it was real and you're surprised that it's not. It's that vivid. And it's something you may remember, not just for days, but weeks, months, even years. 
uh, also it is possible there are now methods, many methods for establishing, reestablishing communication. Yeah. You can actually have conversations with your loved ones now. Yeah. You can do so uh, telepathically, or there are now many electronic voice phenomena techniques for communicating with our lost loved ones. I touch on that briefly in the book and lead you to some resources if that's something you want to do. Mm -hmm. Also, I want to say that during past life regressions and life between life sessions, I do many of these with people who've lost a loved one, and we almost always connect with that lost loved one during the sessions. Past life regression is so powerful. You know, I began the process. It's on my list to continue this year. Um, and, you know, I began the process a number of years ago being really quite skeptical. But I think when somebody like me is at the bottom and you think you've tried everything else, you know, and somebody says, have you looked at this? Have you checked on maybe some of the things you're carrying forward? But it all leads to the conversation that we started with, and that is finding your lessons Yes. in all of this, doesn't it? Yes. There actually is a reason for the losses that we experience. We come to earth with a plan. That plan includes what we want to experience and what we want to learn. We even plan the people that we bring with us. Uh, So all of that is pre-planned, but we have free will once we get here. We may follow the plans, we may not. So our experiences may vary a bit, but the idea Mm-hmm. is we came here to learn and to grow and to enjoy ourselves. So there is a lesson embedded within our great loss. And in my book, I detail how to go about finding what that lesson might be. But let me say that the first step in that is to look at your life before the loss occurred and ask yourself, what was great about it, but what might have been missing? What might you have wanted to be a bit better? And also look at the challenges that were facing you. What areas were really giving you trouble? What did you need to do to decrease some of those problems, to face some of those challenges? You know, I want to just ask you to comment on this. You know, I grew up with a mom who was from the deep south kind of your area there a little bit um first child at 12 second at 13 because that's just what you did and she was always filled with things uh, words of wisdom but one of the things she was very clear about was that one you'll never be put down at a place that was worse than where you were so her idea was you're going through something now but there's the pot of gold at the other end of the rainbow. And sometimes, you know, she would never say it to us girls in the middle of some really horrific thing. It would come up like, I don't know when, but she was smart about that. The other thing she would say is, is to always look for the clues of what you're meant to learn. Always look for the clues. And I think everything that you've described in your book and really featuring the perspective of Dr. Michael Newton and so much more is going to help people know 
that there is a way to regain your light to regain your authentic self. And I wanted to thank you for that, Dr. Ann. Thank you so much for all of it. Thank you. Thank um, you. This was a work of my heart. Uh, no kidding. I know it is. And I didn't even get to everything in here. You know, you're a practicing spiritual hypnotherapist, but you're much more than that. You know, you can always tell somebody that has studied this, that has researched it. And the stories that you embedded in the book really, you know, showed or demonstrated so again, tell folks how they can get a copy of the book um, and um, how they can find out more about you. Uh, they can go to Llewellyn.com, Amazon.com, um, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, any bookstore will uh, carry it. There is an ebook, a paperback, and an audiobook available. You can reach me at www.BirminghamHypnosis.com. Uh, my email address is hypno, H-Y-P-N-O-A-N-N-C-L-A-R-K at gmail.com. And I welcome uh, feedback and uh, contact. Well, I want to thank you for this. Uh, also, what's your personal message, Dr. Ann? What would you like to leave us with today, please? There was a reason for your loss. And there's a gift beyond the loss. You just have to move toward it. For those of you out there, if you've missed any part of this, this is Dr. Ann Clark. The book is Healing from Great Loss, Facing Pain and Grief to Recover Your Authentic Self. And, you know, this is the gap that we find in the field that, that we are both in, but it is a gap that we find a lot of times in the conversation about loss. It is that gap that gives us permission to become our true selves again, not to suffer, but to really claim those parts of us that we almost inevitably think we have to give up. Dr. Ann, thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Benny, thank you. Uh, Jacob, thank you. Olivia, thank you. And to all of you out there, I know this is on your mind. I know it is. There are no mistakes with what Linda schedules on the shows. I know this is on your mind. And the audiobook as well is just cool. We like to do that in the car. But this, whatever you've gone through these past 24, 30 months, this will help you. This will help you know that you have the right even after significant loss, to be your authentic self, to hold your head up high, to be that person that's confident and life purpose in the world. Thank you all. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Christine Clark's in the house. I'm telling you, get ready to make contact. We'll see you next time.